welcome to Let's Talk About Something Else. I'm here with Peter Banifast and Carl Tart. Hello. Hi. Hey, man. Thanks for having us. Hey, welcome to the podcast. How do you guys know each other? Uh, we know each other through uh, UCB, mm-hmm. improv theater, kind of have similar backgrounds as far as like growing up in Los Angeles and stuff. And so you guys both grew up in LA? Yeah. Yeah. I love it here. Having grown up here, do you feel like a very strong affinity for like the history and the culture of L.A.? Uh, I definitely do because I'm really into into history in general. And so I it's, it's honestly I, I got into L.A. history to put down New Yorkers uh, talking crap about it. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. <laughs> I really think there is a lot of rich history and culture, especially the um, Hispanic, Latinos, Middle Eastern. I'm Iranian myself. Uh, so the history of my people coming to this country and sort of settling in L.A., Armenians, uh, Filipino people, Vietnamese, Chinese, South Korean, like there's just so many different cultures here that have come here and sort of installed their own history in L.A. I think that that also gets overlooked. Uh, People consider L.A. so much newer than, let's say, East Coast, which is, I guess, technically it is, but it really has a deep history of the immigrants who have came here and settled here and really make L.A. what it is. Yeah. For me, growing up in New York, that feels very one-sided now about that rivalry. I mean, I don't know. I, do you guys feel any animosity towards New York? I feel like <laughs> Matt Porter. I promise you this: uh-huh. that rivalry is one hundred percent one-sided. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. Well, I moved here just in time to not go anywhere, so that's perfect for nice. me. I can really <laughs> take advantage of that. Yeah, um, that's true. But. We do need to get uh, started. So uh, the way the show works is that we're going to start by talking for exactly three minutes about, you know, how we're doing given the state of the world. And then I'm going to spin the wheel of other things. The wheel of other things. And whatever we land on, we then have to talk about that for as long as possible. We have no choice, unfortunately. Does that make sense? It makes sense. That makes sense. Okay, great. I'm glad it makes sense. Okay, so the time to discuss how we're doing and the state of the world begins now. So how are you guys doing? Peter, how you doing? I'm doing okay. I'm starting, I've been like, especially the last couple of weeks, starting to just lean into my new quote unquote schedule, my new quote unquote like reality of just sort of waking up every day, getting a little work done on the computer and then just kind of like going for a walk, playing video games, working out, you know, FaceTiming Carl while we're both drinking wine and just talking shit. You know, it's kind of, (laughs) that's become my daily routine. And uh, I don't mind it. I mean, I don't want it this way, obviously, but like, uh, at least I'm not in a state of complete panic as I was like last month where I'm like, what the fuck is happening? Am I going to die? You know, so I'm feeling better (laughs) because of that. But still, I want to get back to my old life. Totally. Me and Peter are are doing similar things, but we're kind of on opposite sides of the spectrum when it comes to it. I'm the type of person who has kind of been trying to stay out of panic mode with the actual virus itself. And kind of, you know, be the be the backbone and rock for my friends who are in huge panic mode and who think they, you know, kind of have to hide from it. I've been kind of like, hey, let's let's take the necessary precautions. But but I'm also a very uh, social. I, I feed off of my friends and stuff like that. So it's been yeah. really hard on me to not have uh, close interactions with my uh, with my pals. Yeah. And and, you know, the phone thing is good for a certain point. But at a certain point, it causes this like kind of dissonance that makes me, you know, exhausted by talking on FaceTime all the time because my brain, I'm trying to tell my brain that it's still me hanging out with my friends and my brain is like, no, it's not. Like, (laughs) it's not. You're not hanging out with your friends. You're on the phone. Yeah. Me and Peter and our other friend Patrick, like we can get on, we can get on the phone and talk all night and literally not even say a word to each other, just kind of be doing our own things, but just kind of have each other there. And that's Mm -hmm. very comfortable. But if I'm trying to talk to a new person, like say I try to FaceTime a girl from a dating app or something like that, it's like, 
this is this is not this doesn't work. I can't talk to you. You're a stranger. Yeah. It takes too much energy. Yeah. Totally. No, I, no, it's weird. It's like, a, I think we all are learning right now, realizing the ways in which this technology can be very helpful, but also we're like feeling very viscerally the like limitations of it. I don't know. It's like, a, I think maybe we're underestimating how much we get from like being in the physical space of somebody like just like subtle things of how people communicate. Like, I don't yeah. know. Right. It's like vegan chicken McNuggets. Like, it might look a little bit like a chicken McNugget. It might even taste similar to a chicken McNugget, but it's not a chicken McNugget, and you know it's not, and you're left feeling like it's not. And it doesn't even mean it's necessarily bad. It's just not like a replacement for the same thing, you know? Yeah. I definitely feel kind of as you guys are, are noting that, like, we've moved from, like, the beginning. We're definitely in, like, the big middle of this. Like, I no longer feel that beginning feeling, which lasted for maybe a month or month and a half or something, where you're, like, you're kind of getting to the next milestone. It feels yeah. like, okay, this is just what life is for the foreseeable future. Um, I think, uh, I, I also think I'm running out of uh, things that I want to watch, which feels insane because there's so many things. But I do feel like I'm annoyed with all my options uh, now. Yeah, <laughs> same. Yeah, I haven't, I, haven't, I haven't dove into the Criterion collection yet. Yeah. But uh, I've been thinking about it. Yeah. I've been thinking about it. I'm, I'm, not even, I'm not even that huge of a movie guy. Yeah. But I'm like, at this point, I'm like, might as well become something new. Yeah. Might as well. What a, what a better time to watch like a five-hour Japanese uh, epic, you know? Yeah, I don't know. I don't think I'll be able to do, pull that off. And that's time. Okay, thank you guys. That's the that's uh, how we're doing this state of the world. Now we're going to pivot to the uh, wheel of other things. You guys ready for that? Let's do it. Yeah. Okay, I am spinning the wheel. Lasers. Is, it, is that it? That's it. The word lasers is all we have. Uh, lasers makes me think of laser eye surgery, uh -huh. but it, it also makes me think of when I was in middle school and I thought it was cool to have glasses, mm -hmm. like how I wanted glasses. Like there would be these little kiosks at the mall that would sell glasses. And I would always, always ask my mom, like, oh, mom, can I get this pair of glasses? Like basically like kind of wanting to reinvent myself at middle school the next day. Like, oh, Carl's, Carl came to school today with glasses. Right. Is it glasses just like for vision though? Yeah. Or, or sunglasses? No, they were just for vision glasses. Like they were like clear frames, you know, I mean, yeah. not clear frames, but clear, clear lenses, you know? Right. Just to like, act, like do something different, you know, and be like, mm -hmm. Ooh, Carl's got glasses. Like, yeah. <laughs> it's just for just being, it, it makes me think of just being a middle school kid, not having an identity. Right. And just trying so desperately to find one. Of course. Yeah. No, I also really wanted glasses. I still to this day kind of feel like it would make sense to my face, but I also am aware that desiring glasses is kind of like desiring a disability in a way that's like a little offensive. <laughs> Peter, what is does laser bring up anything for you? First off, I just got to say shame on both of you for wanting a disability. Uh, <laughs> also, I'm shocked that you said like you wanted glasses to look cool. Back when we were growing up and everyone were all like dumb, ignorant kids, wasn't it the opposite? The glasses. Well, that's what, that was my mom's point. That was my mom's point, though. She was like, that's not cool. Like I wanted like yeah. to look like some R&B singer. Your mom knows what's popping. You're not your mom. She, she's a cool woman. She knows what the deal is. <laughs> Let me tell you about lasers. What I make when I think about lasers, the first thing that comes to my mind is G.I. Joe, where every single weapon, every single vehicle shot out different colored lasers and they all made a noise like 
Makes me think about, wow, the future would be no more bullets. It would just be lasers. And then like 20 years later, nope, still bullets. We still got a big problem with bullets. Yeah. I do know that lasers are still utilized for a lot of things in the world. Like they are technically utilized for some type of weaponry. Yeah. And they're used a lot in like like industry stuff. Like they use lasers to cut things. Yes. I heard like uh, for some types of diamonds and some type of diamond designs, they use lasers to cut them. Yeah. In terms of my relationship to lasers in a more general sense, I definitely feel like they never come up and don't matter to me. But I do think we were promised a future where they would be much more common. I mean, is there anything else that you that you guys feel like we were sort of promised as kids or promised at some point that we have either gotten or we haven't that you feel like is worth noting? Like For me, the big thing is the flying car thing. Like the flying car represented like the advancement of technology for the 21st century. And the idea was not that they exist, but that they exist and everyone has one. I was going to say the exact same thing. Flying car was the thing that people, you know, really dreamed of. I think we're so deep in the future now that honestly, when you when you step back and look at what we do have, it is very futuristic. Yeah. Like if we took an Apple Watch back to... 1981 they would think we were a sorcerer oh totally but to respond to the, both of you choosing flying cars i think the the world in which you can pilot a flying car feels like uh all new levels of insanely dangerous like driving a flying car drunk or you could go into you could try to go to space there would definitely be drunk people that try to fly their flying car oh, into space oh, they would need extensive like an extensive powerful very intelligent like autopilot system because yeah like half these people can't parallel park they're gonna get in this flying machine and go 150 miles per hour yeah it's gotta like the system it's gotta like do it for you or something like that yeah i do like the idea of getting into a flying car and just trying to drive to space i feel like that'd be the new um, on your last legs depressed thing to do in the future it would be that you just try to exit the atmosphere in your flying car and then you get pulled over by amazon drones i'm gonna keep it 100 with you i have no interest in going to space no what is up there for me i mean you don't know yet in this reality where you could go maybe there would be like a a, a cool a cool theme park there we don't know what's going on yeah Nah, I'm not, I'm not really big into theme parks anyway. Yeah. I don't like roller coasters on Earth. The idea of leaving to space to get on a roller coaster, it like freaks me out even more. Just space in general freaks me out a little bit. So neither of you guys would want to go? Nope. Nah. No, thank you. What about like just a quick rotate around just like to see the Earth from far away and you come back? It's like a when you take the, the ferry and it goes around like Alcatraz or something. You just kind of like see space and you come back. You don't actually go uh, on the tour. Here's one for you, Matt Porter. I don't have any interest in going to Alcatraz. You're, no, not even Alcatraz. No, why would I need to see that old prison? I don't know. You don't. I, you just you said at the beginning when we were talking that you care. You, you like history a lot. I can watch a documentary on it. Right, but you don't feel the need to be there. No. Do you like a museum? Yeah, I love a museum. Well, what about isn't Alcatraz a museum in some respects at this point? I'm scared that somebody's going to throw me into a cell and lock me in. The ferry's going to take off. Right. Yeah. I guess that's it. Is possible. Don't but, trust it. Don't trust people. <laughs> don't trust people? Uh, these things that walk around the earth? Yeah. People don't trust. Right. A, a person is fine, but people are stupid. Exactly. Yes. This, this reminds me of this one time. I was thinking about this the other day as I was driving. One of those weird uh, quarantine thoughts that you have that is totally unnecessary, but make you sad or something. Uh -huh. It was a day that my best friend's dad yelled at me because it was science fair week at my elementary school. And he was pointing a laser at a board. And for some reason, I decided to put my head in front of the laser 
as like thinking it will make people laugh, like not looking directly into it, but just kind of put my head in front of it. Mm-hmm. And my best friend's dad was standing there and he goes, what the hell are you doing, man? What the hell's going on? Yeah, that's dangerous. Hey, get out of here. Go, go, go over there. Find your mom. Mm-hmm. And like, I was so embarrassed. I'm, I'm sorry that you got, that you got yelled at. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. By, by somebody else's dad. It wasn't even my dad. Well, people, people shouldn't be yelling at other people's kids. He, he should have said, Hey, be careful. Be careful. Young fellow. That's, <laughs> that's danger. That's up to your mom to come and scream at you about that. Yeah. Not him. It was a different time. It was a different time. Yeah. <laughs> I will say that bringing up laser pointers, I know I said at the beginning, which was really a great moment for the audience. They're going to love that moment when I said I have no connection to lasers and don't care about them. But just remembering that moment, I actually think I do care about laser pointers. I've had mostly positive experiences with laser pointers. They're, it's a fun object to have. It's like a cool thing to have amongst a group of young friends. Like when if you were like, 13 and you had a laser pointer and you could like mess with someone or you could put it on a movie at like camp. That was great. Oh yeah. Back in the day. Oh, back in the day. It was great. I mean, to have a laser point now, I don't think I could impress anyone with my laser pointer now, but like when you were a kid, there was this time period where like you could just come into school with like a thing, like a new thing. And it was, you'd be the king for a little bit. That's very true. Yeah. I remember like laser pointers being a point of status in elementary school, late elementary school, early middle, I would say between like fourth and seventh grade. Yeah. And then uh, also a finished lanyard. Oh yeah. Yeah. That was always like a started a lanyard like the day before Uh and took it home and actually finished it and came back and it looked cool. Yes. Like that was like a damn, like you finished the lanyard. (laughs) Right. Especially if it was like really straight, like, and not like crazy bent up or if you had, or if you bent it up on purpose, like if it was like a spiral joint or something like that. Oh yeah. It was like a, there was a currency of coolness to the, to a really nicely made lanyard at a certain time. And again, I don't think that would last. I think that if I, I don't think that anyone will impress me with a lanyard anymore. No, no, no. If you sat down and made a lanyard right now, I'd be like, uh, I guess that's tight. (laughs) Yeah. You mean if I texted you guys a photo of a finished lanyard, you wouldn't be really pumped? I would. I'd be like, cool, Matt Porter. The world is dying. Yeah, I'd be pumped because I was never able to finish one. Yeah. So the fact that you were able to finish one as an adult, you know, years removed from when you were actually doing them in school, I'd be impressed. Maybe I can do one too. I got nothing but time on my hands these days. <laughs> right. Well, I appreciate. I appreciate. I appreciate that because Carl wasn't into it at all. So I appreciate. No, he didn't. He hated it. No false hope. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I will say, as long as I'm revising my negativity about lasers, that I've always loved laser tag. I will say that. I've always enjoyed, I like the idea. I always thought it would be fun to do like a paintballing, which I've never done. I've never had the right kind of friends where that was going to happen. But the idea of like doing sort of like a, you know, a strategic sort of video gamey excursion like that always appealed to me. And specifically laser tag at New Rock City in New Rochelle, New York was a place that I uh, really thrived. Did you guys ever laser tag? Did you guys tag? Yeah, laser tag is fun. It was always annoying when when they would say like, don't run. It's like running is a huge part of this game. Like we have, <laughs> yeah. you, you have to allow us to run. Like right. I understand that we could run into something. I understand that it could be dangerous, but sir, I don't think you understand. I understand that you are just doing your job and you are probably 17 or 18 years old. And we are a bunch of 12 year olds, but you have to allow us to run. You simply must. We are fighting to the death. Yeah. How could we not run? I also was a big hider. Like I would right. scope out the best hiding spot in a laser tag place <laughs> and just park there and just pop people. It's war, baby. Yeah, exactly. It is. I mean, it's, it's really, it is very funny to like, especially when you're really with like a 
big group of people with a lot of energy to it. Like you just, the idea that you're not going to run, you're going to kind of speed walk, like you're trying to not draw attention to yourselves. I mean, honestly, Carl, that's probably why we were drawn to hunkering down and choosing a spot because if you can't run, like what's the point of, of moving through the space? You know, you might as well yeah. find a spot and just, and just be there. I'm not trying to walk fast at laser tag. I'm trying to run. Yeah. We have to run. We, we, we don't have time to be like, come on. There's a limited amount of time. Yeah. I think a laser tag. I, have you ever been to Vegas, Matt Porter? I went to Vegas for the first time, uh, like a two months, like, you know, three months ago or something. Okay. So you never went as a kid. No. As a child, as a child, uh, the Vegas experience for children, the best way to experience it uh, was going to the Adventure Dome in the back of Circus Circus. Mm -hmm. And they have laser, they have a laser tag there. It, it was so much fun all the time. And But they would also be like, don't run. But it was also like, oh, we're going to run, homie. Ain't yeah. no way you can stop running in this place. We're about to run. We're about to get yeah. our run on. <laughs> I will say... Um... The last time I played laser tag was not that long ago. It was sort of like an adult excursion to the same place, New York City, near where I grew up in New York. Like, you know, this is probably only like four years ago or something. And we played and I remember that it was me and another, you know, adult and then a group of like eight teenagers. And it was an every person for themselves style of game. And the first round I did like amazingly well. And all the teenagers were so pumped for me and really like, they were like, oh man, who's Matt Porter? And then they and then they were like, that guy. And they were like so excited for me. And then the next round I didn't do as well. That was my that was my high point laser tag wise. Um, Peter, did you do you care about laser tag or play it? I mean, I've I played a bunch of times in my life. I actually hadn't played for like 10 years and I played again a couple of years ago uh, when I was in uh, the Del Close Marathon, the uh, improv marathon at New York. I played in with some friends in New Jersey. I really love it, man. Like, yeah, it's really fun. At the place I went, like the last time, there was no non-running rule. We were running all circles all over the place. It was, it's just fun. Um, I love doing stuff as an adult that I can enjoy as an adult the same way I did as a child. There's very few things in that, but I feel like laser tag is one of those that adults and children can enjoy pretty much the same. It's kind of like going to Disneyland. I can enjoy Disneyland almost the same way as a child does yeah. to a certain extent. Um, and I feel like laser tag is the same thing for me. I think the one step up from that is paintballs. Since there's actually pain involved, that's kind of like paintballs is not as fun as laser tag because laser tag is the fun of paintball without the pain. Did you ever do that? I'm not with paintball. Uh, I've been paintballing a lot in my life. Uh, I've been shot in the throat with a paintball gun before. Oh, shot in my eye. Like the stupidest places you can get hit with paintballs I've been. And they don't hurt it's not like a bullet or something hitting you. It's not like a sharp object hitting you, but it still hurts enough to be like, ah, eh, I don't, this is not that, this is not as much fun as uh, laser tech. Right. My friend whose dad yelled at me in elementary school, he's had a paintball birthday party uh -huh. damn near every year since we were nine years old. And he sent me one for this year before the, uh, before the quarantine hit. And he was like, oh, uh, we're going paintball for my birthday this year. And I was like, I've been avoiding this party for 22 years and i don't intend on stopping now why don't you think you'd like it i don't like pain i don't yeah. like being i don't like messy pain yeah like that to me is the worst messy pain is the worst like right. i gotta go i gotta wear all these extra layers first of all they always are up in like some like desert area that's always extra hot his birthday's in june and then uh so now i gotta go up here and wear jeans under a pair of sweats I got to go find some sweats that I don't want to keep anymore. 
So which probably means going to like Target or Ross or something and getting an extra pair. And then here I am super layered up to go and get shot with these little paint pellets. And then <laughs> like, how, how am I going to drive home? Like, I'm, I'm going to change my clothes there, I guess. Like, no, no, absolutely not. Miss me with that paintball bullshit. <laughs> yeah, no, I understand. I mean, you know what? It's an argument for the uh, the simplicity and cleanliness of lasers in many aspects of life to compare the two. I mean, I think that's why when you see futury things like in the 80s, everything was like the future was going to be all lasers and like weird laser shapes and stuff like there's a kind of cleanliness and magic to it, whereas the paintball really is uh, the opposite in many respects. I will say this in defense of paintball, though, people who work there allow you to run. <laughs> yeah. Well, because you have to run because you're you're scared. You're actually scared. Yep. Um, well, listen, I think we, uh, we've really done it here, guys. We've talked about lasers. We've also talked about other things that were uh, re- related to lasers or that lasers reminded us of. And in many ways, that was the goal. Um, but nice. I think as a way to wrap up, like what could a laser help with? Like what could we use lasers for maybe that we're not using them for? If they were as good as we can imagine them in movies and such. Uh, what would be a, a role for lasers to play in everyday life that might be helpful? Um, if I could say, uh, so if you can, if you've seen some of those new style um, thermometers that come out, you like from a distance, you put them on s- someone's head and you can guess their temperature. And I think that uses a laser to basically sense heat or whatnot. Yeah. What if through the miracles of modern science, and again, I don't know if la- lasers work this way or if this is even possible. What if they could use a laser pointy thing to determine if you have a particular disease or not. Like, what if, like, you put a laser pointer thing in somebody's head and it tells you they have coronavirus and then you say, sorry, you can't come into my party. Like, what if they put one to your head and they go, hey, um, you got polyps in your colon. And then now they know there's polyps in your colon and you don't have to get a colonoscopy, which I heard are a fucking nightmare. Right. The one negative of that is it does kind of open up the future to kind of like a minority report scenario where we're all getting scanned, you know. Uh, if I'm trying to walk into a party, I don't know if I need them to know about pol- my polyps. Shit. You know what? Let me let me backtrack. You're right. That's that's a violation. I think they should know about your polyps at the party. <laughs> you think so? They stop you from drinking or from eating too much red meat or something. Yeah, I guess so. Just because that was your example, Peter, was, oh, you can't come into the party. I do feel like if I get scanned and it's uh, it scans me and it just knows that I'm uh, kind of sad. Maybe they should tell me not to go to the party. They should be like, you should, I know you think you're going to kind of warm up, but you might not. And maybe you should just go home. You don't even know anybody really well at this. Oh, I'd be the opposite. I would say, I would say, hey, we just scanned you. It turns out you're sad. Why don't you come inside, have a few drinks, talk to some people, feel good about yourself, feel good about life. And then we'll all like, you know, be there for you and make you feel better. However, if you have an infectious disease, then we're going to wrap you in plastic and have an Uber come pick you up and drop you off at your house. (laughs) Maybe that's not too good either. I don't know. You know what? These are all basic human rights violations that I guess I'm saying. Uh, maybe we just use lasers to track down asteroids and to shoot them down where they're too close to the Earth. I think I'm going to stick with that. Yeah, <laughs> that seems good. Carl? Uh, I'm going laser fish. Laser hmm. fish? Laser fishing. Okay. You just kind of shine, shine a laser in the ocean, uh-huh. wherever you're fishing at, and pew, and the fish comes up. It is uh, a humane way to fish. Yeah. The fish don't feel it. My one question with that is uh, I feel like you'd be able to just decimate thousands of fish in seconds. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the point. Yeah. <laughs> I just think that that might then start to dip over into being even worse 
uh, in terms of sustainability, you know, because you could like you could just sweep the laser left to right and you would just kill every fish, you know. Ah, that's true. I guess I didn't think about that. I was only thinking about providing for my family. No, Teach a man the laser fish, he eats for a lifetime. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I do. I think I, I think I actually will. I know I'm being super critical of it, but I actually do think overall I like, here's what I like about it. I like imagining the aesthetic of someone dressed both for fishing in a classic sense, but also laser technology. You know, there's like a nice weird middle ground there. And I also like the idea of, um, so you shoot it with the laser and then you wait and then a couple fish plop up to the top and you scoop them in. And you scoop with a net. And then you go home and your family is happy. Because you're a laser fisherman in this world. 100%. I think that's a great idea. My biggest concern with that is, uh, sus- like you said, sustainability. Yeah. All right, fine. You guys caught me. <laughs> I also am going to use my laser to take ivory off an elephant in Africa. <laughs> wow. This was an evil plot that you're now admitting to. We didn't even push that hard. I feel like you could have could have gotten away with this, but I guess we right, quit twisting my arm, Matt Boy. I'm going <laughs> to use these lasers to deforest all the trees. Wow. I mean, it would be a great, it's a great plot, but I'm glad we stopped. Yeah. Also, we didn't really twist your arm. You, you immediately uh, volunteered that info call. Okay. You called me. Quit, quit waterboarding me, both of you. (laughs) It almost feels like you were ready to get caught. Cause yeah, again, I agree with Peter. We didn't really do much. We kind of were just like, there are some issues with this and you immediately, uh, you confessed. (laughs) (laughs) But no, I mean, listen, I think it's a, I think it's a great plan. I think fish, uh, laser fishing is a really good idea. I think the big thing. Uh, to watch out for is you don't slice the boat up, you know, because it, it, assuming it's a powerful laser, that'd be the one thing I think get a watch for. Yeah, you, you have know? to control it. You have yeah. to control it. Yeah, but you know what? I think I think that that's worth it's worth the challenge. Um, but listen, uh, thank you guys so much for doing the show uh, and talking about lasers and laser related things. Thank you for having me, man. Um, and uh, I don't really know how to end, so I just say uh, goodbye. So goodbye. 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 goodbye.